0: Once again, I've landed back home in my humble office with my people around me, and I plan on staying here for a couple weeks. Now, that's my plan, but apparently things keep changing along the way. And if you've been following me across the country, my latest jaunt was a stop in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And this show I'm calling October Reflections because I've learned – as many of you have along with me, that one can only take in so much information, new experiences, new people, new realities. And at some point, you just have to kind of stop and take some reflective moments and not add any more to the pile (laughs) of information. So it's like that's where I'm at in my head so... If you don't mind me, I'm going to indulge myself and pick up a few loose ends from the last couple programs that I've had. And as always, if you missed any of those programs, you can go back to Change Already with Blog Talk Radio and listen to those podcasts of the last couple weeks and, of course, any other ones that you find intriguing from the last couple months. Well, the first program I want to talk about is the one that aired on October 4th from the Heartland Fall Festival. I'm not sure if you guys have listened to that one or you were listening live, but it was a professional book tour and convention for bookstore owners, independent bookstore owners, actually. And they come and they look at all the new books, and I was there for mine, Beyond the Pews, but I was also there... For another reason, because Susan Murphy Milano's new book dropped on October 4th exactly at the fall festival the same time I was there. And the name of her book is Holding, her Hand, her, Holding My Hand Through Hell. And in that show, I had planned on having Steve Sumpkin from Ice Cube Press as my main guest. Well, what you don't know is the background information on that show, which was, Susan Murphy-Milano, for some of you that are aware or may not be aware, that she is is on her last journey with stage 4 cancer, and she decided that she was no longer going to take any more treatments. So she was unable physically to go to the fall festival. So I kind of had to do double duty. I was kind of working with her book, with Ice Cube Press, and also my book with Beyond the Pews. Anyway, I had talked to Susan a couple days before that and she was very adamant about being on the show with me to have the exclusive interview for her book on my show, which was I thought was a very blessed event and so lucky to have her. But when if any of you have worked with cancer patients and we've all been touched by it with it by now, it's a touch and go thing. Sometimes they feel good and they're able to speak and sometimes they're in pain and they you know, they don't feel good for a plethora of reasons. So on that show, I had quickly told Steve Simpkin that she might be coming on air. I wasn't really sure if she was going to be able to call in because you have to go from moment to moment. So I'm on air and we're doing the thing live as usual. And I start talking for Susan and then all of a sudden I hear this, angelic, sweet voice in the back going, I'm here, I'm here. And for some reason, her her phone number didn't pop up on my studio board, so I really didn't know she was there until she said she was on air. If you have a chance to go back and listen to that show, it will warm your heart because she was so sincere And she poured everything into her last living breath, basically, into this book, Holding My Hand Through Hell. And it was a touching interview. It's a short interview because I didn't want her to stay on air too long with us because I just wanted her to say what was in her heart. And then she gets tired very quickly. And one of my favorite parts in the whole show was Steve was totally blown away and surprised. And you can hear it in his voice because she was on there for a few minutes and then Steve Sumpkin from Ice Cube Press, who's the publisher of the book, picked up where she left off and he was a little little overwhelmed and a little taken back by the beautiful words that Susan said. So go back and listen to that. Um, I think you'll be sincerely touched by both of what they had to say about that book. And I like his uh, spontaneity of... of interjecting Susan in there by accident and a lovely surprise. So it's the show from the Heartland Fall Festival labeled Holding My Hand Through Hell October 4th. Well, so my latest one, I don't know if you've listened to that one, was in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I've not really spent a lot of time on that part of the East Coast, and what a healing place that is. I, You know, the weather was perfect. I stayed next to a place by the beach, and I was able to have my coffee on the veranda and quietly watch the sunrise as it came up in one of the mornings. One of my favorite parts was this stillness that you get with the ocean. It's so quieting, and all you can really hear is the rush of the waves coming up with the tide. And it was up early enough, so there wasn't a lot of people on the beach or the pier So I just kind of sat there and just reflected and as always took in the sights and meditated a little bit. So I really want to give a shout out to the people at Imagine Publicity. They took very good care of me. I think that's the healthiest I've eaten in a long time (laughs) between the cucumber juice and the lentil soup that they were feeding me. I felt very healthy when I left. And then... On top of that, I went and had a great conversation on air with Dr. Corey from AwareMed Wellness Center down there, who specializes in all different kinds of different techniques and modalities, combining allopathic with holistic thought. And we had this real open discussion about cancer in particular, because she has been working with Susan Murphy Milano on her cancer and how she sees cancer in a different light. It was so enlightening and refreshing, to be honest with you, to have a discussion with an allopathic physician that's embraced all that uh, traditional medicine means. And she is really working to be one of those cutting-edge physicians at her wellness center that take that next step to holistic. As you know, I had a wellness center for a long time, long time ago. As usual, I was ahead of the ball game, but everything's starting to catch up with with this whole wellness concept. And we're really not going to go back. I don't, I don't care what people say. We're not going to go back. But it was very refreshing to hear her talk about treating the whole person instead of dissecting, in this particular case, cancer into its thick parts and treating the sick parts and expecting a cancer survivor or person that's going through the treatment to come healed as a whole person on the other side. And I I want to touch on something that Dr. Corey brought up during our discussion in particular, and that word is vibration. Now, that is a word that I hesitate to use in normal conversations with people because it's, it's been thrown around in all different circles and in some respects has gotten away from the intrinsic value of what the word vibration means and it gets misinterpreted in certain circles. So when you say it, a lot of people just kind of shut down immediately, I absolutely loved the conversation that I had with Dr. Corey about this. We talked briefly before we went on air, but I didn't really have a chance to go into detail what we were going to talk about because she knows her stuff and I knew where I wanted to take the interview. So when she started talking about the word vibration, from her perspective and her background in the medical community, I was just over the moon about the conversation that we had going forward for that half hour. Really, to be honest with you, when you talk about any diseases and or anomalies that happen inside the body or in the universe at all, the word vibration is a very good word to describe what goes on at a molecular energy level inside the body. Because everybody should know by now we have energy in everything we do, our bodies, minerals, animals, the planet, etc., cetera, et cetera. But here's where the word vibration comes into play that's very essential that people understand. Even if you believe that everything is made of energy, and people talk about that all the time, the reality is energy is stagnant. So if you don't have something, can move it forward, rotate it, or continue that friction to move, and in this word, Dr. Corey was using the word vibration, totally appropriate, it's that force that makes the energy, energy in the end. It's like putting your car in neutral. Now, we've all done neutral in our cars, and what happens? It just simply sits where you've left it. (laughs) You know, there's no movement back or forward, and there has to be some kind of force behind the energy to propel the car to go in either direction of any way you want it to go. So vibration is a lot like moving your car into neutral. I learned this lesson long, long, long time ago from one of my mentors. And one of the reasons I love my mentor is because he is an engineer by professional trade. And if you spent any time with engineers, and I have several of them in my inner circle, you have to understand that they are able to break down things into intellectual and, in my mentor's case, spiritual levels that we all can understand. So from his perspective, he gave me a talk about vibration that was very precisely worded with intricate examples that have stuck with me for a long time. So it was very cool when Dr. Corey brought up the word itself. And I'll tell you, man, once she opened that gate, we just ran with it. And we just went full circle with vibration. I don't want to go over the details of it but I do want you to go back and listen to her explanation and how vibration fits in with disease. And she's spot on with it and it's a good conversation that has lots of information but if you're not aware of what vibration means or what it how, what it does in your life, it's a good one to go back. So go back to Change Already. And I believe that one is under October 19th, and you can re-listen to that podcast as well. Now, my website is up and working again. Thank you, Danielle, at Sirius Media. I got a lot of inquiries on why it wasn't working, and it was just a system that had to be updated. So thanks for all of you for catching it. I like that you're out there and keeping me on task. It's good for me. It helps me keep growing as well, and you know that I love growing. So I want to let you know that those podcasts will also be on my website, com, in the near future, but I've got a lot to catch up with, so bear with me on that. In between all this time, there's a lot of news going on, and I've been so focused with being out on the road, I really haven't had a chance To talk with you all about what's going on in the universe. And specifically, what's in my head today is the election. So, after this short break, I want to talk about the election and what's going on in my brain about that. Speed up the break. Looking for more? Welcome back. Here's your host, Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. I can imagine sometimes it seems from the outside world that I don't know what I'm doing, (laughs) meaning my show is all over the board one week and I'm out here and I'm out there and believe it or not, through all that chaos and that madness, there is actually a a devised plan somewhere in there. It's always good to keep people guessing, I suppose. I don't do it on purpose, it just kind of, That's the way my life is. (laughs) I run my life like that, and uh, sometimes it seems to people looking inward that I'm not quite knowing what I'm doing, but actually, I really do. I started this entire program, Change Already, back in January, and the very first show, if you've been paying attention, I started out discussing the Chinese horoscope in two distinct ways in that show, and of course you can go back and listen to that one too, January something. Anyway, the first thing I did in that show was I talked about describing the year of the dragon, which is 2012, which is what we're in. And not from a point of view of, you know, all these intricate details, but more about an overview. And in that show I talked about how I don't necessarily live my life by horoscopes, but it is intriguing to listen to and to read and just see how it parallels in life sometimes just for the fun of it. You know, I've met people along the way that just live their lives by it. I I don't think that's so healthy. Do you? I, I don't think that you should go directly in putting all your eggs in one basket, but I certainly think it's fun to look at, and the parallels that you find along the way when you do that. So anyway, the Year of the Dragon is this non-fictional, mystical animal in the calendar. And by the way, it's the only animal that's not real in the calendar of the Chinese horoscope. But in that year, and the year that we're still in and closing down in the next couple months, it's supposed to be filled with karmic signs and unpredictable events. Well, that certainly has happened with the death of her, you know, public characters and a lot of different unpredictable events. And maybe you've even had some unpredictable things. I certainly have had some interesting different directions that I've been going. So I can certainly say for this year so far, it's been pretty unpredictable. But I like the unpredictability of it all. I hope you can flow with it as well. So in that show, I decided that I would take the Chinese horoscope of the dragon and then superimpose that on the American president, Barack Obama, and he is the year of the ox and compare the two. So you can't just look at the year that you're in. You have to take the year that you were born And then find out how that superimposes on the year that we're in. So it's the year of the dragon. And for Barack Obama, he is the year of the ox, uh, 1961, I believe. Anyway, you have to look at those two combined efforts to get a picture of what your year is going to be. Well, I thought it would be a really good idea if we took a look back and reminded ourselves what we talked about in that first show and how it's laying down right now. What I find interesting is that in the year of the ox, you can imagine that they're known to be a little bit stubborn, but they're also very hard working and they can handle pressure pretty good. And in that show I talked about some of the challenges that he was going to have because oxes are not so good at changing course on unpredictable events. And I think we can kind of see that throughout the different things that have happened this year and how he's been able to handle it. Well, one of the things that they were talking about in the year, in this challenge of the year, and if you break it down into November, which is interesting, right? Because we're in this whole election time. I went and took a look at the challenges for November, and here is what I found, which is really fun to look at. It says in November, the year of the ox this year for November, is going to have a lot more pressure, and he has to learn how to be a better team player. And he has to be willing to compromise and adjust appropriately for the unpredictable challenges that are kind of come up in November. Thought that was very telling. What do you think? Now for the grins of it, I went back and looked at Romney. <laughs> Governor Romney. Now Governor Romney is built under the i I'm born under the sign of the pig. And this is how the year of the pig lays out again on top of the year of the dragon twenty twelve. Both the dragon and the pig work both with intelligence and spirituality, and the Year of the Dragon is about spirituality, which I I believe that because it's been such a big topic, especially in the elections, because of Romney's background, and it talks about how the Year of the Pig is very spiritually grounded, and they have close ties to their own spirituality. Wasn't that ironic that Romney's religious background is playing a role in his own identity in his bid for the presidency in particular? Now, again, I went back and I looked at some of the challenges that he has in November. And what I found fascinating was that even though November was both equally for both of them, the pig and the ox is what we're talking about. In this time, when he had difficulties, the year of the pig, Romney was going to have to have some outside assistance to help resolve some of the challenges because apparently the year of the pig needs to work in groups rather than more alone, and the ox works more alone sometimes and has to learn to play with others. And the pig enjoys playing well with others and enjoys outside assistance. How fascinating these two two people are if we take a look at the Chinese horoscopes that we're working with. The second part that I noted in Romney's case, You're the Pig, was that he should not try to make unfor- unforgettable mistakes because apparently his competitors in the business world will take full advantage of the shortcomings. Now, we've seen those mistakes, i.e. the big bird thing comes to my head, and they just keep replaying it. But you know what was fascinating to me about the whole comparison and, and looking at the triad between the Year of the Dragon the year of the pig, the year of the ox, and how it overlays on the challenges of the dragon, was that they were, like, equally challenged. They were equally challenged for things that they had to work on in the year of the dragon, and specifically the month of November. And what was strange about it was it really didn't seem, after I read all this and did all the research, that one of them had the advantage over the other. As I said earlier, one has to play better well well with others and used to doing more things on their own, and the other one's a team player but has to learn how, you know, outside assistance to resolve these things. I thought it was strange that they were equally balanced in both the assets for this year but also their challenges. And then if you overlay that with statistics and the surveys that are going on out there, you can kind of begin to see the bigger picture of how they're going back and forth now. They're both almost head-to-head in the polls of who they think is going to win in the end in a couple weeks and the challenges. So I thought it was funny because it fluctuates back and forth, and it's been going day-to-day, week-to-week, hour-to-hour. So it's going to be fun to watch how this race ends up the election in a couple weeks, not only from a physical point of view, of course, who wins the race, but the second part of is how it lines up with this mystic, you know, ancient theories of the Chinese horoscope, and how aligned it is with the ancient times with the contemporary times. So I don't know about you guys, but I'm having a fun time <laughs> looking at it from all these different angles because I'm tired of looking at it straight on in the physical. I'm tired of looking at, you know, listening to them. I want to see what's in the background. Pull that part. Get away from the facade and pull back and see what the mystic part of it is. I, I think that's a fun way of looking at it, and it gives a different perspective that maybe it won't make us so tired up to the finish line in a couple of weeks. As you know, I'm in the Midwest, and we've had another sad incident in the Milwaukee area. A couple of weeks ago, I told you about the Temple shooting in Oak Creek, Milwaukee. And this past week, we had another murder-suicide, but it was more a relationship kind of Situation gone wrong with the classic cases of relationship problems and abuse and all these different things. So, I've been waiting to talk about that on air, meaning doing a show, as many of you know, is that I write up, I, I'm an author with Time's Up with domestic violence and trying to work on getting that to a place where we can be more aware. And talk about it, and maybe perhaps in some situation, hopefully by the grace of God, we can see the signs early so the manifestation of the sad event that happened in Brookfield, Wisconsin, with the shooting at the day spa and the suicide, won't happen. And we can put things in place going forward. That can deter that. So in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to have Sandra Brown on and she is one of the leading authorities with domestic violence and how you can spot these things from a personality point of view before they happen. And I'm looking forward to that. I think she's going to be on the middle of November. So look forward to that in November. I know October is the month of domestic violence, but it didn't lay out that way for me. So we're going to have her in November. But between now and then, I want you to remember this. Change doesn't have to be difficult, but it is necessary to grow. I'll see you next week. Same place, same time, Blog Talk Radio, high noon. See you then. Thanks for joining Jillian today. Don't miss her famous at-home personal enrichment lessons. You can complete them on your own time to accelerate your personal change. They're simple and nothing like you've experienced before. Just like Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. So change already.